Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, to my very first podcast, which is titled Introduction. I hope that you enjoy. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and welcome to the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Okay, well, welcome to the very first Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It's November 2nd, 2020. This has been a long time in the making, and it actually took even longer than I thought it would because my family and I got hit with the COVID virus. Um, We actually just got out of quarantine as of today. My kids have finally um, been able to go back to their school, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, we, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a rough, rough few, uh, weeks. We actually, uh, my husband came in contact with it at his work. Um, he came in contact with the gentleman who had it and brought it home to us. And thankfully my children were not affected at all, but my husband and I were, and, um, me more so than my husband. But anyways, um, let's get down to the introductions, which is what I'm titling this podcast because I wanted to kind of explain the name of the podcast and also help you to get to know who I am so you can make a informed decision on whether or not you want to continue listening to my podcasts. So I am the title. If I was forced to put a label on myself, that would definitely be it. So breaking it down for you, I'm sure a lot of my listeners can relate. You don't have to be messy. You don't have to be messianic. And you don't have to be a mama to listen to this podcast. But this is where I'm coming from. So first and foremost, I'm a messianic Jewish believer in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And according to the Hebrew scriptures, he died for our sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm not Jewish by birth, but like all believers in Yeshua... I've been grafted into the body of Messiah. And if you're wondering where that is in the Bible, you can look at Ephesians 3, 6, where it says, This mystery is that the Gentiles are joint heirs and fellow members of the same body and co-sharers of the promise in Messiah Yeshua through the good news. For all intents and purposes, I'll also be using the Tree of Life version of the Bible when I am quoting from the Bible. So if that's what you're wondering, like, hey, what what Bible is that lady reading from? That's the one I'm reading from. Okay, um, this part I'm actually going to read to you because it's actually from a bridged version from the website of my congregation that I attend. Um, Because I don't want there to be any confusion at all as to what Messianic Judaism is. So Messianic Judaism focuses on the Mashiach or Messiah of Israel or Israel. 
The Mashiach is the central focus of the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, also known as the Torah. Now, the Torah contains at least 75 passages which mentioned or are related to the Messiah. The writings and the prophets contain at least 243 passages on the Mashiach. The Messiah is clearly the central focus of Scripture. Therefore, the Mashiach is at the center of the Messianic believer's life. Yeshua, or Jesus, was himself a Jew. He was raised in a Jewish home of the lineage of David. All of the apostles and his followers were Jewish. And almost all of the writers of what is known as the New Testament were Jewish. When Gentiles began to believe that Yeshua was indeed the Messiah, the Jewish believers decided not to impose or force the observance of laws which they could have neither known or understood. They recognized that the understanding would come as they fellowshiped and worshiped together. So since 1967, by the grace of God, the number of Jews and non-Jews, also known as Gentiles, joining with this remnant has exploded into what has come to be known as a Messianic Jewish movement. Okay, so now you know exactly what Messianic Judaism is about. Typically, the way that I explain it when people ask me about it, because I actually, I live in North Carolina, in the South, um... Although, to be fair, in most of the country, there's not that many Messianic uh, Jewish believers and or synagogues. So I will say, hey, I am a believer in Yeshua. I believe um, I'm spirit filled. I believe in the whole word of God, not just parts of it. And I also um, celebrate the Feast of the Lord. Um, which have been confused a lot of times as being Jewish feasts. They're not. They are always referred to as the Feast of the Lord in the Bible. Um, And those are Passover, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot. We actually do observe those Feasts of the Lord. We do not observe Christmas or Easter. Um, Now, there are some who may say, hey, if you follow the whole the whole Bible or believe in following the whole Bible, then does that mean that you go ahead and make sacrifices? No, I do not. Neither does my family. There is no temple in Israel. Therefore, the sacrifices are no longer necessary. And Yeshua is our sacrificial lamb. Okay. Now on to the messy. Life is messy. Whether you're single, married, have children, don't have children, have a job, are unemployed, are alone, or are surrounded by family. Life can be chaotic and messy. People are messy. Wherever people are involved, there's almost a beautiful chaos that is sure to ensue. Once you've come to terms with that, life may become a bit easier for you. As for me, I'm the wife of a Marine and a mother of four children. They range in age from 12 to 18, and I've been married to my wonderful husband for 16 and a half years. Hence the last portion of the title of this podcast. Now, I was inspired to do this podcast by the one podcast I am actually faithful to listen to, and that is the Busy Mom uh, podcast or Heidi St. John. Um, She is phenomenal because I really, really enjoy her podcast, always because she goes back to whatever she says, to whoever she has on her podcast, they always go back to what, what does the word of God say to this? Not as a, what does Heidi St. John say about this? It's always, what does the word of God say? And when you are constantly speaking and having opinions about different things in the world, but you always go back to the word of God, you're never going to go wrong because the word of the God is, is 
monumental and, and super important with everything you say or do. Okay. And I always want to uh, make sure that I bring my podcast back to him. God's word is all that matters. And that is something that I hope will shine through with this podcast as well as it shines through with Heidi St. John's. Um, so if you are familiar with her podcast, you may hear echoes of her here because I really do appreciate what she says and how she says it. Okay, so what's the plan for this podcast? The idea is to speak to everyone, but especially those messianic mamas out there who are struggling, are just looking to find someone else to relate to. I've been on this messianic road for 13 years now, and many times I still feel like a baby on this path. It's hard when there aren't more messianic synagogues, congregations, or even home gatherings across the U.S. My family and I are blessed to attend a congregation. It is an hour away, but we still go. Fellowship is important, and if I'm all that you have, I'd like to be there for you in whatever way I can. I also would like to apologize for my speech at this time. I'm still recovering from COVID, so please give me some grace. But also, because I grew up in Massachusetts, I tend to speak fast. And so if I'm speaking too fast for you, please let me know, and I will try my best to slow down. So I'm honestly, and you can ask anyone who knows me, not super fond about talking about myself. Um, I'm not one of those people who wants everybody to focus on the, on them. I am an introvert at heart. Um, so I'm not super comfortable with, um, putting myself out there over years and years of counseling. I have learned to do so, but it's definitely not my comfort zone. So some background on me, I was born in Colorado, but at the early age of three, I moved to Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I grew up living with my mom, dad, and older sister, and my mother's parents as well. I was beyond blessed to grow up with them. But like most people, I didn't realize how good I had it until it was gone. Um, my grandmother was a spirit-filled Catholic. Yes, there is such a thing. And I grew up in a Pentecostal non-denominational church. If you live in the South, I guess from what I've been told, that means that you would call us the holy rollers. If the spirit leads you to do it, then you do it. As I mentioned before, um, well, not really mentioned per se, but if you noticed, I had a rebellious streak because in my youth. And in my rebellious streak, I had my son, who's 18, before I got married... And I'm now married to my husband for 16 and a half years. So if you did the math earlier, you're probably wondering about that. This kind of explains it a little bit. Um, as I mentioned before, I did have a rebellious streak during my teen years, which resulted in my firstborn son. I then got married at 19 to my wonderful husband, Ben. He is the love of my life. He, however, grew up very differently than me. He grew up as an atheist in a single family home. His mother... Um, worked all the time and she would say that they were Catholic but only strictly in the sense that they went to mass twice a year you know for Christmas and Easter. Two weeks after we were married my husband being a marine was deployed to Afghanistan. Obviously this caused me great anxiety. Now to be fair I have struggled with anxiety my entire life. In fact I recall becoming sick every single um night before the first day of school 
every single year because it would make me very anxious having to go into a new situation. I didn't know it was coming. So anxiety is something that I've really struggled with um, for a very long time. But when he did leave for Afghanistan, that made me even more anxious, especially because I would hear from him maybe every two months. My husband is not a believer in writing letters. And at the time when we were in Afghanistan, we were still looking for Osama bin Laden. And he was out in the mountains where there was no way to get in touch with us. So if he did talk to me, it was for about two minutes on a satellite phone with sand and wind blowing so I could almost hear him. It was awesome. But this is something that I do struggle with to this day. Um, I've gotten a lot better with it, um, thankfully, because of my relationship with Yeshua, but also because of my counselor, who I am absolutely adore. I've seen her for 14 years now. Um, there was a four-year break in there because we were in Hawaii for four years, but um, she really helped me. And if you are struggling with something, um, whether it be depression, anxiety, just feeling lonely, or you have tr- um, some trauma, past trauma, or even if you don't think you need counseling, you need counseling. So go get yourself a good Bible-believing Christian counselor who also hopefully is a psychologist or psychiatrist because when you have both of those together, it makes for a great uh, counseling session. Anyways, so growing up an atheist, Ben had um, an unblemished perspective about Christianity, Christianity, what it meant. When I say that, it's because when he was in Afghanistan, he had an experience with God. And when he came back, he actually decided, okay, I'm going to give God an opportunity here. I'm going to give him a chance. So I'm going to learn more about him. And during that time, I also rededicated my life, um, to Christ. And we set out on this journey. His path went a very different direction than mine. I was pretty happy with the status quo of the Christianity I grew up with, which isn't bad, but because my husband did have an unblemished perspective, um, he had a lot of questions about why we do certain things in the name of Christianity and why we don't do certain things, um, even though they were clearly stated in the Bible for us as believers to do. Um, For a couple years, our marriage struggled because of that, because it made me very upset and caused many a discussion. Uh, I would simply tell him because it's tradition and because it's what the pastor said we should do. Um, So as I said, for two years, this went on. Um, Myself and my husband delving into the word um, and me growing in frustration and anger because we would read the same word and get two very different different, um, interpretations of it. Um, And I was very upset because how dare he would question my beliefs and my traditions Um, it was, it was a very difficult time spiritually for our marriage. Um, we had our second child and I started having health issues and I, I would have what I would call attacks. I felt like someone was stabbing me and crushing my lungs and abdomen. And it would happen about three to five times a day. And it hurt so bad that every time it happened, I was positive. I was going to die. Um, we somehow figured out, I believe it was actually my grandmother who mentioned, hey, why don't you try eating a banana? And when I would eat the banana, it would stop the attacks once they started. So I would have a banana with me wherever I went. Um, This, of course, led my husband to see what the Bible had to say about food, um, what we are to eat and what we are not to eat. So because I was so desperate, I decided, "I, I guess I'll listen to my husband now. So I gave up pork and shellfish for a year. 
Now, the pork, not a big deal. I do like my pork bacon because I like my bacon crispy. But pork, as a whole, we didn't have that often. But because we are from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, shellfish was a big deal. I did not want to get rid of my lobster. I did not want to get rid of my um, shrimp or um, my clam chowder. But I did because I was so desperate because of these attacks. And the doctors just didn't seem to have... Um, an answer. In fact, they took out my gallbladder because they thought that was a problem. It was not the problem. So now I'm gallbladderless and I still am having these attacks. So for a whole year, I did not have any pork or shellfish. And instead of having attacks three to five times a day, I might've had three to five attacks in a year. So I was like, okay, maybe my husband might actually have a point here. Um, just want to kind of throw in there too. The way he kind of found out was from a man named Jordan Rubin. He, um, is the one who kind of developed what's called the maker's diet. You should kind of go check out his story. Um, he had Crohn's disease and by eating the way that God told him to, he actually was able to no longer have Crohn's disease. So if you are somebody who's struggling with something like that, that is something I would encourage you to, to look into. So that actually was a blessing in disguise, me becoming sick, because it actually forced me to set aside my stubbornness. And if you know me, you know, I can be very stubborn. My husband definitely says that. There are many times where he is absolutely right, but for whatever reason, I need to have time to really process it. And I'll tell him he's wrong in the first place. And then, you know, a week later, I'll be like, you know what? You were right. Um, I know I'm a very frustrating person to live with, but he loves me anyways. So... I went ahead and started listening to what my husband had to say. We started listening to different people. Um, he really enjoyed Michael Rood um, because he, Michael Rood is a retired Marine as well. So it was something that was relatable for my husband. Um, and he has good information, but he also tends to go off on tangents, which of course, as you're listening to the, this podcast, I'm sure you're thinking, Erica, you're one to talk. But he he also was very loud and it just, I could only handle him for so much. So there were other people we would listen to um, as well. I think our favorite one, even to this day, is probably Jonathan Kahn. Um, he has a lot of really great written uh, work that you can go check out, a lot of different um, books. I know one of the books that I read was called The Harbinger by him. Um, I would go ahead and check those out. There are some other resources um, that I would love to give out to you. Um, if you are homeschooling, I would suggest you check out Homeschooling Torah. Um, I did that a whole year with my all four of my children, which was difficult because I still am struggling with some other health issues. Um, so the actual curriculum is fantastic and you really cannot beat the price. Um, so I would go check them out as well. And um, so it's been 13 years since all this happened. And we have gone through many uh, trials and tribulations in our relationship. But um, to God be the glory, everything has worked out. I don't know about you, but this past year has been quite a struggle for myself and for my family. Um, my oldest son has an autoimmune disorder. And actually, he was in the hospital uh, for part of 2019 and part of 2020. He actually came home the end of March. So right right as, you know, the COVID was really kicking in, um, thankfully we were able to bring him home. Um, but it, it's, been, uh, it's been really tough. 
But I also want to say that the podcast that I listen to on a daily basis really did help because she helped to bring a lot of things that are going on in the world and the world is telling us um, into biblical perspective. And I think the greatest verse that I have really clung to throughout this whole thing will be 2 Timothy 1.7. And if you don't know it, what it says is, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Now that actually is probably New King James or King James version, because that's kind of what I grew up on. The tree of life version says, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. My stance on the whole COVID thing, I'm kind of with Heidi where she says it's a scamdemic. Now I'm sure you're thinking, Erica, how can you say that? You just had COVID. I'm not saying it's not a thing. I'm not saying that COVID um, doesn't exist. It does. And there are people who have died from it. Um, However, at this point with COVID, based on the statistics and based on the different doctors, what we are hearing from places like CNN and MSNBC and even sometimes in Fox News, they are trying to push the spirit of fear upon the rest of America. And the whole world really is going in that direction. But I think that we really need to stop and think, and I really, really am a big believer in research. Do your research on um, this vaccination that they're coming out with for COVID. Do your research on what does OSHA say about mask wearing? What does COVID, what does, uh, the CDC say about it? What does the FDA say about it? Um, and who is funding those different companies? Um, no, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do do my research and I don't just do it off of the hearsay. And I think that because of the way I came into the Messianic movie movement, that's, that's one of the reasons that I am such a big researcher because I found that a lot of the things that I grew up doing are the traditions of man and have some very serious, very um, deeply rooted pagan uh, beliefs attached to them. And you need to be really careful about what you do and say especially in this day and age, but, um, and what you believe in, you need to know, why do I believe these things? Why do I follow, um, what everybody else in the Christian movement is doing or the messianic movement is doing because no movement, no, uh, denomination is perfect because the only one who's perfect is Yeshua. And so I just want to encourage you to keep, um, do your research. Don't just listen to what the news is telling you. Do not live in a spirit of fear because God has not called us to do that. Another thing that I heard this past week, which was fantastic. I was actually watching the 51st Dove Awards on TBN and um, Natalie Grant said something fantastic. She said, you know, when you are physically ill or physically need help, you dial 911. But when you're spiritually ill or in fear or having any struggles, you should go to Psalms 91.1. Now, I don't know if you are familiar with that or not. It was something that I would pray over my husband every time he was deployed. Um, but I absolutely love it. In fact, I actually know a song um, we used to sing growing up. Um, that actually was the first few verses of this. But it's, He who dwells in the shelter of Elion will abide in the shadow of Shaddai. I will say of Adonai, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. 
His faithfulness is body armor and shield. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked paid back. For you have made Elion your dwelling, even an Adonai who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, trample the young lion and serpent. Because he has devoted his love to me, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. How great is it that we know that we have a Savior, who when we call upon his name, he says he will deliver us. And that is not the only place in the Bible where he talks about that. But I absolutely love, love that chapter and that verse of the Bible, because it's so true that if we will dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that he will be our refuge and our strength. So in closing, I want to encourage everybody to go and vote because that would be tomorrow. Um, And maybe you might be listening to it the day that you're supposed to go vote. And I would encourage you to do that. I'm a values voter. So if it lines up with the word of God, I will vote for you. If you do not line up with the word of God, I will not vote for you. So please go out and vote. Um, I'd also like to leave you with a, a ironic blessing. Um, it is the oldest blessing in the Bible. It's something that I absolutely love that my rabbi, do, my rabbi does every single Saturday at the end of service. Um, I'm only going to do it in the English because I still have not completely figured out how to do it in Hebrew. And I'm kind of a perfectionist and don't want to mess it up. So may Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. Adonai turn his face towards you and grant you shalom. So until next time, I pray that you will have a great day, a great week, and I will see you or you'll hear from me next week. Shalom.